Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, everybody. This is Zach Van Norman with the Once Upon a Fan podcast. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. Very excited to have all of you listening. We appreciate your support. And, of course, as usual, I am joined by my co-host, Amy Hood. Hello, Amy, darling. Hello, darling. How are you? I am doing quite well. Thank you for asking. How are you? Well, I just asked you how you're doing. Good Lord. It's been one of those days. <laughs> all right. Um, pretty excited about the podcast. It's uh, uh, it's one of my favorite episodes to talk about. I love Red Handed. It's one of the best ones, in my opinion. So pretty stoked about that. How do you feel? I agree. I remember being on the edge of my seat waiting for the end of this, the big reveal. So uh, this is definitely one of my favorites from season one. Yeah, me too. I definitely agree with that. We have a lot to get through today, you guys. Just to let everyone know we're only doing an hour show today just because um, – We've already talked about this episode quite a bit, and uh, there's we've basically got our points boiled down to some, you know, to just the basics, and we know what we're going to talk about. So we're only going to do an hour today. So anybody, if you were expecting to do our regular 90 minutes, we'll get back to that pretty soon. We also have a lot of news to get into today, too. There's been a lot of stuff happening in the Once Upon a Timeverse. Um, so yes. we're going to go ahead and get on into that. And Amy, I don't know about you, but some of the stuff that's come out recently is... Uh, it makes me pretty excited. I know, right? I've been counting the days anyway, but I love some of the interviews and snippets and things that have been coming out this week, especially the D23 interview with Adam and Eddie. I think that definitely got me super excited. Absolutely, me too. And that actually, thank you very much for giving me the perfect segue there. Um, that is our very first uh, news point, and there are a lot of news points there that we have to get through, so I'm just going to get right on into this. So as Amy mentioned, um, Eddie and Adam did a, uh, an interview recently with D23 Magazine, D23 being the Disney fan club du jour, and um, a lot of really interesting stuff came out in that. So I'm going to open that up here, and hopefully we'll get going. One of the most exciting things, actually, and we'll get to this in a second, is that they said that there's going to be some iconic Disney uh, exploration going on. They're going to be exploring something that is completely iconic to Disney and and really more of their it's the first time they're going to be focusing on something extremely Disney centric even though you know the characters in the show are obviously based off of Disney stuff. So, mm-hmm. with that being said, let's take a look at this here. Um they talked about the fact that you know they asked they were asked about Zelina the wicked witch and one of the things that they said was that um and this is what I thought was really interesting. They said that she did die. And here's the interesting thing. Eddie said death is a relative term. So mm-hmm. while they didn't quite confirm that she'd never be coming back, it does kind of leave the door open for Zelina to make a return appearance. You never know. Which I'm happy about because I really love Rebecca Matter in this part. You and I are both huge Oz fans, but I felt like she did such justice to the character of Zelina and she was so wicked, but she had some backstory and just so snarky, and she could really go toe-to-toe with Lana Perea and with the character of Regina. I felt like that was amazing, and I love, I think that's such an interesting dynamic, Regina and a sister. Like, I was so, I mean, I, I was like, yeah, she, she got her comeuppance at the end, but then I was like, aw, now she's gone. So I was really excited to hear that maybe Maybe like in Pet Cemetery, dead isn't always dead. 
Yeah, I agree. It would have been interesting to see Regina have a more of a, a family dynamic playoff since we've only ever seen her, you know, with Cora, including uh-huh. Ghost Cora punching her in the face in season three. So, you know, <laughs> she doesn't have right. the best family. And the fact that she killed her dad and, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff going on there. So yeah. <laughs> her family life has not exactly been the best. Um, another thing that Eddie and Adam talked about was, you know, Emma finally opening up to her family and to Hook and he was asked how, you know, how do you see the relationship evolving? He said that, you know, one of the big themes that tied Neverland and the Wicked Witch together is that happy endings aren't always what we think that they are. They're something you have to fight for every day. And it seems like Emma has found her home and she's happy where she is and Rumpel is married to Belle and that seems to be his happy ending. And Snow and Charming not only have a new child, but they also share a heart. And now the question is, what happens next? And they said that they want to continue evolving the characters, especially Regina. You know, people immediately thought she was going to go crazy. And, you know, now they're saying now that they've done so many episodes, how is she going to react? Like, we know how she would have reacted in season one. How does she react in season four? And they want to honor that and deepen the characters and create some mystery along the way. So uh, I found that pretty interesting that they, you know, that they're basically saying that Regina may not react exactly how we all think that she would, but that makes sense because she's grown so much as a character in the last, four, you know, three years. So Definitely. She's had a big arc from where she was, you know, season one, episode one, to where she was at the end of season three. So I think it's going to be maybe a little of what we've seen before, but I really feel like this is going to be some ground that she doesn't exactly know how to navigate because of the fact that she has changed some, you know. Yeah, and there's also Robin Hood there is another factor, too, with her, uh, you know, with Marion and how that whole situation is going to play out. I don't think, I mean, I'm hoping that it's going to, what I think will happen is it'll be a case where she wants to go through with it. You know, she sets up some huge evil queen plan for Marion, and then at the last minute changes her mind, but Robin Hood still finds out. Or she sets something like that up, and then she tries to stop it at the end and dies anyway, maybe. And But it's not her fault because somebody else maybe does it kind of thing. Like, somebody, mm. like let's say it's like, a, it's like a booby trap or something and somebody else sets it off and Marion, you know, bites it and, you know, Regina gets blamed. You know, the whole, you know, there's going to be a whole thing there with Robin Hood there, so I'm pretty interested to see how that's going to go out too. Yeah. Another thing yeah. I'm curious about is that they think it'll be difficult for Hook to see a little Prince Neil running around as a constant reminder of Neil and Emma's relationship. And I'm not sure that they were that the interviewer was asking the right person because, frankly, wouldn't Henry be a constant reminder of Neil and Emma's relationship? But I digress. Um, yeah, Adam said that you would think. Yeah, Adam said that Hook recognizes adult Neil for the hero that he was, and because of that, you know, hearing that name and seeing him carried on in the new generation, he sees that as a good thing. And Eddie said that he's far too confident to be worried about other people. So that's I think that's true. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a bit there. They were also asked, you know, they said, the question was, for a while David and Mary Margaret were arguing about whether to stay in Storybrooke or go back to the Enchanted Forest. Will that come up again? And they said that the theme of the second half of the season was that there's no place like home, and what everybody started to realize is that Storybrooke is their home now. And nobody is really interested in portal jumping anymore. They want to lay down some roots. You know, and in our world, there's penicillin and cable television. So why would they want to go anywhere? And also, <laughs> Granny doesn't have to struggle to make meatloaf because, you know, in their world, what a bitch, right? So, hey. Exactly. <laughs> Robin Hood is in Storybrooke, so there's going to be some dynamic going on there. But this is the other thing that he said, and, I, and Adam kind of, he piggybacks on this, and this is what I find interesting. 
Eddie said, the other thing we know is that he was in Storybrooke before, and he is familiar with the town, even though he didn't have a lot of interaction with the established characters. And then Adam said, he was a victim of the first curse, so he had a life in Storybrooke. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what I think is so interesting about that. In Wonderland, at the end of Wonderland, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen it, at the end of Wonderland, Will and Anastasia end up becoming the White King and the White Queen of Wonderland and, you know, living there. Now, the interesting thing about that is that, you know, that whole Wonderland storyline was playing out during Season 2 of Once Upon a Time, even though it aired during Season 3. So the thing about that is at some point, like, at some point in the past, Will went from being in Wonderland when Anastasia left him to returning to the Enchanted Forest, and then he ended up getting cursed with everybody else. So Will's Will's timeline is kind of being established a little bit here, and I think that that's, you know, really, really interesting. Um, they also said that we're going to discover he has ties to other members of the Storybrook world. He's going to meet people like Emma and Captain Hook, and that his relationship with Captain Hook will be testy. So we'll see how that's going to play out. I, I'm interested to know what that means, and I'm excited about the fact that they're going to pair those two characters together because they're they're both kind of funky in their own way, and I think they're going to spar really well. So I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to seeing their relationship play out. Mm-hmm. I am too. I think that they are both very, not just funky, but they're both kind of almost like, they both kind of remind me of the whole Han Solo thing. You know, they're a little rough around the edges, but at heart, you know, they have a good heart and want to do the good thing. And they're both, you know, we've seen with a sense of humor. So I kind of am interested to see how they're going to play that. I really like that they mentioned that the knave was going to have ties to someone in Storybrooke and as well as someone from our Frozen story that's coming in. So that should be interesting to see how they're going to play that. I agree. Yeah, it's, I think it's going to be really cool. They also were asked, what does that mean about Anastasia? And Adam said, what does that mean about Anastasia? And Eddie said, that story will be told this season. We intend to tell it in a way that for people who never saw Wonderland, they will have full context. So questions like who and where is Anastasia or is she with him will be answered when the season starts. Because they had a really good story and the way that it ended for them, it was a happier ending and they had a chance at happiness. So, yeah, I really, I'm, I'm hoping that the girl is still alive. Maybe she's, maybe she couldn't leave Wonderland because she couldn't leave it without a ruler. Like, you know, because then she's still alive and and it's all good. I don't know. I just hope that she's not dead. That's all. I just I hope that she's not dead. Yes, I'm choosing. No matter what they say or how it plays out, I'm still going to believe in my own head that they are. She's on vacation in the Wonderland Riviera, and Will is having like a little boys' weekend away, going to Storybrooke, hanging out in the old hood, and eventually he's going to go back, and it's all happily ever after because. I refuse to accept anything that involves Anna being killed. Because, you know, she was, like, my absolute favorite from that show. Well, yeah, they had a really good storyline on that show, so I would be equally sad about that, yeah. Um, they were also asked, are there characters that we haven't seen for a while, like Red, the giant, you know, Archie, that we might see more of? And they said that, yes, Giancarlo Esposito is back as Sydney and the Magic Mirror. 
And then here's a really interesting thing, and this is a spoiler alert, everybody, so if you don't want to hear this, then turn away, but come on, we all know that you're mm-hmm. listening to spoilers. Um, Adam said that Brad DeReef, who plays Zoso, one of the early Dark Ones in Season 1, is coming back. Okay. And we're going to dive into some Dark One mythology. We're going to learn more about Rumpel and his past. Um, and we're also going to meet Belle's mom, which we did mention um, last week on the podcast that um, they were casting for Belle's mom. So, um, so there's that. Um, we already knew that. So I'm, I, again, I wonder who they're going to pick. But they, and then they asked about Belle's mom. I said, is she dead or will we see her in flashbacks? And Adam said, the truth of that or not will be revealed. We'll see Belle in the time before she met Rumpelstiltskin. You know, we've met Maurice, and we saw him in the first Bell flashback, so we're going to see more of Maurice. Um, they did also say that they want to have Jamie Chung come back because she played Mulan. She's in, our, she's in their hopes. They want to bring her back this year. They have a wish list and a plan for bringing them all back. It depends on how much story they can tell this season and what they can all fit in. So there we go. Um, next thing they were asked is if they could talk a little bit more about Elizabeth Mitchell's character. And Eddie said that she's a fan favorite from Lost. They're excited to write for her again. And, she, and here's the thing. She will have a tie to both somebody on the Frozen side and somebody on the Once Upon a Time side. Now, dear listeners, here is the running theory that Amy and I have about this situation. We, or at least, well, half of it I know that both of us agree on. The first part of this, I don't know if you agree with me on this because I forgot to ask you about it. But what I'm thinking is that Elsa, uh, Elizabeth Mitchell is playing the Snow Queen, who is not the same character as Elsa. I think that she is the Snow Queen. I think that she cursed Elsa with her powers. Uh-huh. And I also think that she, and for those, okay, so for those of you who didn't watch Wonderland or maybe you've forgotten, the story with Will, the Knave of Hearts, is that he had a sister and she died falling through a frozen lake. And I think that that whole frozen lake and that whole situation is because of Elizabeth Mitchell's character. And that's the person that I think is tied to the Once Upon a Time side. And that's the part that Amy and I agree on. Amy, I don't know how you feel about um, her cursing Elsa with her powers, but I know that we agree on the other thing. Yeah, no, I, I do agree because there, I mean, even in the original Frozen story that Disney put out, there was no explanation of it. It was just that she was born that way. So I'm wondering if Elizabeth Mitchell, I do think she's going to be the Snow Queen, but maybe, I mean, she has some animosity toward Elsa or towards Elsa's family. So I think there has to be some kind of tie like that. I do think that, and, and I'm hoping so, that they do tie in the Knave story about his sister having fallen into a frozen lake and died. And I don't remember if he actually said, you know, they never found her. I think he said he never saw her again or that was the last time he ever saw her. So if they can tie that, I think that would be fantastic because it would fit in. Even if you guys didn't watch Wonderland, they're saying that they're definitely going to have the stories play out in once this coming season in a way that you will definitely understand what's going on. It's not like, you know, you, you'll be totally lost if you weren't familiar with the Wonderland stories. So that's exactly what I think is happening. And her name, yep. his sister's name was Penelope. So let's all just keep an eye out and see if they come out and say Elizabeth Mitchell's character's name is Penelope. Wouldn't that be something? Like, if she is supposed to be, oh, you've come back from the dead. Da, da, da. I got a brain okay. transplant. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, <laughs> brain transplant. Is that a soap dish reference? 
Oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay. Okay. I love that movie. Okay. I totally know that one. Okay. So then they were also asked, um, for Disney fans, is there anything that will be of particular interest that we should keep an eye out for? Folks, let me just tell you, I am salivating at the mouth over their answer, and I'll tell you why in a second. So the answer was yes. There is something coming up in the first few episodes that real Disney fans will really enjoy. It's a shout-out and an explanation of some Disney lore. To say anything else would ruin the surprise, but in many ways, it's one of the most pure Disney explorations we have done yet. And then Eddie said, in the premiere, you will see something very iconic that will launch a new story and a new area of Disney that we have yet to explore that we're excited about. Okay, I called this months ago. I have a fan theory about it on fan site even. I am 1,000% convinced that the iconic Disney thing that they're talking about is the sorcerer's hat from Skin Deep. I am pretty sure that Yensid the Sorcerer is going to be involved on the show somehow. I am totally convinced that he is actually the author of Henry's storybook and possibly of the Oz storybook too, but that's kind of an aside. Um, I think that he is for sure the the author of, of Henry's book, and he's the one who wrote that because he would be this huge, long-living magician, sorcerer who's been operating behind the scenes that nobody really knows about, not even Rumpel because he's so ancient. He would know the history of everything. Um, however, it also kind of calls into question why he would have let the curse happen and why the book exists, so I'm really interested in that. And for anybody who kind of maybe thinks, oh, that's kind of lame, there's no proof of that, I offer you two points. Number one, well, three points, actually. Number one, the sorcerer's hat is in the show already. So number two, even though this is not canon, um, in in one of the deleted scenes for an episode in Neverland, actually, no, excuse me, it was in season two, for either Second Start of the Right or in Straight On Till Morning, one of those two, in one of the deleted scenes, Wendy Darling is at dinner with her family, and she is reading a book which is called, appropriately enough, The Sorcerer's Apprentice, which is the same segment from Fantasia that Yensid the Sorcerer appears in. Additionally, episode four of season four is called The Apprentice, and it is the Rumpelstiltskin-centered show. Now, I happen to believe that the apprentice in question is Henry and that he's going to be working with Rumpel and kind of apprenticing with him in the pawn shop and things like that. However, putting all of these lovely things together tells me that Yensid the Sorcerer and the magical sorcerer's hat is going to be on Once Upon a Time. Say that what you will, but that is what I'm absolutely convinced of. (laughs) I think you're right. This is what I think. I think the iconic thing that we're going to see is the hat, but I also, I am hoping, and I think that we're going to see Henry playing with magic Lose, kind of losing control. I hope we get that Fantasia wet mop music behind it because I think that oh would be fantastic. Gosh. Wouldn't that I would be lose fabulous? My mind. I would lose my and musical mind, I'm telling you. Uh. With Zato coming back, I don't know. We don't know if they're talking about history or if Zato's coming present day. I wonder if they're going to turn Brad Doris into, like, the end maybe he didn't actually die, if it's present-day stuff that he's going to be doing and not more backstory. So I think it's, I don't know, I think it's interesting that he's coming, but I am looking forward to hopefully seeing Henry, the sloshy mops, he's losing control, playing with magic in the Mr. Gold shop, and having Rumpel have to walk in and be like, stop, stopping all the craziness. 
Exactly. Yeah, I, especially with, like, brooms. Oh, yeah, um, Ashley is saying in the chat room, can you imagine if Rumpel and Belle come into the pawn shop and Henry is freaking out over a magical mess? What if they left him to clean the pawn shop and he enchanted a bunch of brooms and stuff and they were like, he can't stop them anymore? Yeah. I'm just saying, yeah. folks. Like, I'm just saying. Okay. Yeah, so, that's what I think um, is going to happen. <laughs> one of the other questions was, and this was actually one of the last questions, um, oh, well, they were asked if Emma's Volkswagen bug becomes Herbie, and they said no, but they have talked about that. So, hey, there you go. And then the final question was, when the first curse was enacted, if the characters from the Enchanted Forest left Storybrooke, they would forget who they were. Is it the same with the second curse? Adam said that the rules will be explained very quickly at the start of the season, but we're in a new place. The characters will be coming to terms with what it means to be in town and what it means that they want to leave. Not everyone will necessarily want to be there. Memory or not, but I would hope that it's a little bit different this time and that they would actually have the option of doing so. Um, Maybe they get to keep said, their memory, really but they're not really allowed to return. To... Oh, wouldn't that be something? Like, they, if they that left, they would never Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah, that mm. would be heart-crushing. Ugh, so sad. Yeah, yeah, like Regina <laughs> style. Okay. So that was basically all of the, you know, that was all of the, the major points from the interview. Some really, really interesting stuff. I'm liking a lot of it. It, it gets me excited for season four. Loving it, loving it. Um, and, uh, and it's funny because I'm glad that they mentioned, you know, that Giancarlo Esposito is going to be back as Sydney's Magic Mirror because that actually relates to our next news point. And Amy has that one for us. Yes, Adam released another little sneak peek at an episode title. We got the title for Season 4, Episode 5, and Zach mentioned that it sounds like it's going to be a Sydney-sode because it's last. And I agree. I think that we know that he's coming back, and it looks like that's going to be a big part of the story, and he's going to have, you know, some major interaction with Regina from what they're saying. So I think that Breaking Glass is going to be very Sydney or Sydney-centric, unless, you know, oops, Cinderella's breaking a shoe again or something. But, yeah, I think that that's what that's going to be. I hope she doesn't break him, too, Ashley says. Don't break Sydney. um, I'm pretty sure that it is a a Sydney episode for a number of reasons. Number one, Breaking Glass. His name is Sydney Glass. Okay. Mm -hmm. But also because um, Giancarlo Esposito played Gus on Breaking Bad, and it's basically right. the episode title is a combination of those two things. So I'm pretty, you know, it's obviously going to be a Sydney episode, um, which I'm happy about. I loved, you know, Fruit of the Poisonous Tree. I love Sydney's character and the fact that he's such a D canoe. Um, so hmm. lots of things. So I'm I'm stoked about that. Um, let me see. Which leads us to oh, and also speaking of Michael Saka, who is coming to you know Once Upon a Time in season four, the good ones with the black or the brown background, not the horrible, horrible ones that looked all dreamy that they had to reshoot because everyone hated them. Remember those, everyone? I know I do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll forget those existed. Yes, we will. Um, so then um, the other thing, and we've got some DVD news coming out too. Amy has that one for us. Yes, we have had tons of questions from viewers and listeners in the UK about the Season 3 DVD Blu-ray release and asking when it's going to come out because they actually did not have Season 3 broadcast in the UK. They did announce official release date 
for the DVD Blu-ray of Season 3 for October 30th. So if you're one of the fans in the UK, October 30th is the release date on that. So yay, finally. <laughs> yeah, so for all you Brits who wanted your once, even though Channel 5 did not give it to you out there, you've got DVD. Oh, <laughs> It's going to be awesome. Yes. All right. <laughs> Seriously. I, I I could listen to that. Like, better the better the way that she delivered that line, it, it's fabulous. I don't think so. Yes. I love Finally, Beverly Elliott. Yes. We love her. She's like butter. <laughs> and then we've also got a new fan art competition going on with Once Upon a Fan for a couple of things. And Amy has some news on that for us. The Frozen Fan Art Cover Competition, I know a lot of people submitted, and now we have them posted up on the Once Upon a Fan Facebook page where you can actually scroll through. Make sure you take the time to look through. I believe there's 33 entries. Um, Go through each one because you can only vote for your top three, and you vote by liking the particular picture. So the reason I say to go through all of them first before you vote is because there are so many great ones. If you just start voting as soon as you start looking at them, you'll be out of your three votes like that before you've even seen them all. So definitely go through and look at, take a look at those and help us choose what's going to be the cover art for social media pages. Some of the artwork, it's just all of them are really amazing. I love all of them. Everybody did some really beautiful work and there's so many you know, different genres and, and different types of media that they've made. So they're really, really beautiful, and I'm excited to see which one wins. Yeah, I have my favorite, but I will I will abstain from saying what it is because I don't want to have favoritism going on. So I know what I want mine to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. And that's pretty much it for news, everybody. And we also just want to let all of you know that there is only – let me make sure I have my count correct – Hold on. One. There's only four more Sundays before we get Once Upon a Time back. Yay! Only four. So it's really, we're, we're in the home stretch now, and two days from now is the 28th, and then we'll only be 30 days away. So it's all very exciting, and I miss the show so much. Like, I can't wait for it to come back. I miss, I, I just missed it. Yeah. So I am I stoked. Did. I'm stoked. Oh, and a reminder, and, there is no podcast next week because it's a Frozen special. Well, we're moving it to Wednesday. Remember? Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's not on Tuesday next week. Yeah, next week we're going to be on Wednesday because um, next Tuesday night at 8 o'clock is um, – oh, my, what a message. Um, and next Tuesday is, uh, is when ABC is airing the uh, making of Frozen special, and it will include a look, a sneak peek at Once Upon a Time and Big Hero 6. So um, we're going to be talking about that, that sneak peek and everything the day after. So instead of Tuesday, we're just going to do it on Wednesday, and we can talk about everything. And I tell you everything already. Okay. So there we go. <laughs> and that leads us to... Dun, dun, dun. The <laughs> episode review, yay! Mm. Um, that I mean, it makes a lot of sense, obviously, and it actually it, it makes me laugh because I love the fact that they are doing the Frozen storyline in the middle of summer, like huh. in yeah. summer. 
Okay, yeah. So um, it just it cracks me up because it's why, like, why would you not wait until wintertime when there's, like, actually some snow on the ground in places and you could go, like, film there? I don't know. I don't run the show. I'm not in charge of the production schedule. But it's just a lot. Tracks in the woods, I walk around, and Ruby hears something. And 
kind of got an extra sense going on at what's going on. The words, you know, and I'm a fine groaning and he's barely conscious on the ground and, you know, when he wakes up, he doesn't remember anything since leaving the sheriff's office the night before and Ruby doesn't understand how she found him to begin with. Hey, honey, it's because you have some extra senses. We'll get to that later. Yeah. She so, had that fabulous nose. Yeah, you know. So then in the hospital, Dr. Whale tells David and Emma that there's a good chance that he was, like, asleep during the whole deal. And it might have been the same kind of, uh, you know, sleepwalking thing, like, when he got out of his coma. Um, sure. So, um, of course, what happens, though? Regina barges in because she is revealed to be David's emergency contact, which Emma is understandably, like, really about. Because I would say the same thing. I'm like, like, really? Like, is there anything in this town that you're not connected to? Like, seriously. Like, come on, woman. Get a life. Like, I know you're the mayor. God, get a life. Surely you can She's go find something. Her like, yeah. Surely there's somebody else that you can meet. Something. So, um... You know, so Emma, the, you know, she's supposed to leave, whatever. And so out in the hall, Emma calls Ruby, telling her to go to the toll bridge and if see if she finds anything out there in the dirt. And she, like, reassures her, do this, she can do this. So then Ruby uses her senses and she finds a box, you know, buried underneath a piece of wood that's just, like, lying there, you know, like it does. Convenient. Yeah, a little bit. And she picks up the box, she's on the phone with Emma, and she doesn't really want to look inside, and she opens the box, and she screams, and it's a hearty scream, too. Ah! Okay. So, meanwhile, back at the sheriff's office, Emma opens the box, and they look in it, and Ruby asks her if it is what she thinks it is, and Emma says, yeah. She tells Ruby that she did a good job, but Ruby doesn't feel like she's cut out for police work, and, you know... Yeah, like she's just not into it. And Ruby goes back to the diner, and she talks to Granny. And we see that there are some markings on Granny's arm, which are explained in the flashback, which we'll get to in a second. And Granny tells oh. Ruby that she wanted her to learn about the paperwork and the books and everything because she wants her to take over when she retires. And that's why she asked her to start working on the weekend. So it's all coming from a good, loving place. Granny wants to leave it to somebody who loves it as much as she does. Oh. So, so Ruby gets her job back, and she stops. Stop finding human body parts. Yeah, well, you know, like you do. If I found a human heart my first day on the job, I would probably quit too. You know, I mean, hashtag hashtag just saying. Like, if I'm working at Target or something, and there's just a human heart, like in a box, yeah, sorry, I'm out. So, Mm -hmm. meanwhile, at the animal shelter. David is in the lobby, and Mary Margaret's trying to calm him down about the whole casting situation. And Emma comes in to tell them about the box, and it contained a human heart, but there were also fingerprints on it. And David immediately tells Emma that, you know, I, I want you to arrest me. I've done something horrible. It's just a bad thing. And then Emma says, and one of the most dramatic deliveries scenes I've ever seen on this show, like really, Emma says that, you know, the fingerprints didn't belong to him. They belong to Mary Margaret. And the camera zooms in on Mary Margaret's shocked face, and it's one of the biggest dun-dun-duns I've ever <laughs> And that was pretty much it for the story for stuff. Okay, so you're, I really, like, I love Megan Ori. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I, 
I love the fact that you know, we talked about this very much, but I love the fact that okay, yeah, she her name is Red Riding Hood, so of course it makes sense that she's gonna wear red. But the outfits that Homegirl wears, like slightly waitress outfit, but the other outfits that she wears are so cute. Uh-huh. Like Ruby's sense of style, like I can dig it. I can dig it. Like I yeah, really miss that. And it's funny because watching this episode, I realize exactly how much I've missed having Ruby around in season two and three. Really. Mm-hmm. I know that she made an appearance in you know, New York City Serenade, the spring good and everything, but we really didn't see enough of her. I want her character back on the show. Can we please get and get that happen? Somebody call the girl's agent and get her back on the show. Like, seriously. Yeah. She needs to be there. And some of my favorite Ruby lines and Granny interactions were in this episode. Like, I love that, you know, the, their interactions in both sections, the story brick and the other and in the, the history, but I love when, you know, they're kind of bickering in the, the diner, and she tells Granny that she dresses like Norman Bates when Norman Bates dresses like his mother. Right. And, she, and Granny tells her she's just sort of like, she's, she's like says, drag okay, queen of Fleet Week. <laughs> yeah, drag queen of Fleet Week. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's so funny. I absolutely yes. So good. Uh, hilarious. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, in the there's a village, there's a building, and there's a man walking up to it, and he knocks on the window, and inside the voice calls out, "Who's there? Don't hurt me! I'm just <laughs> Things like that, <laughs> and and the young man says that he's gonna huff and puff, and you know, obviously he's gonna finish with blowing the house down which is, you know, very clearly a uh, Three Little Pigs reference there for anybody who missed mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Red comes to the window and, you know, I totally cute and they're totally cute together and things like that, you know, and and she makes fun of him for his breath and he says that he wants to give ah. up everything and take her, you know, he wants to take her away from everything that she's doing now and that she can leave Granny behind and all this other stuff. And she has to go because Granny calls kisses him before, you know, they leave. So at least she did, you know, she did get a kiss to Guy before um, things took a tragic turn. And uh, Granny's name is revealed that, you know, she is the Widow Lucas. Yes. I, was, I, I wonder if her first name is Beverly. Um, Maybe Beverly Lucas. There we go. Yeah. So then a group of villagers have shown up at the cottage door and they're planning on going after a giant wolf that has been attacking their sheep. And Red asks if she can go too, but Granny refuses to let her and tells her to stay inside with her cloak on, even after they secure their cottage in a very cool montage thing where they're getting everything ready. Hmm. So then the next morning, Ruby goes, or excuse me, Red goes out to um, check on the chickens and finds a white out there. And Snow White is scared at first because she doesn't want her to know that, um, you know, like. You know, anything like that. She's on the run. She's stealing her eggs, you know, and 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 this is the part that I love. Ruby asked her for a name and she says Margaret and then she's like, Oh no, it's Mary. Mary. So now we know where Margaret comes from the storybook. Hmm. Margaret. Mary. Margaret. Yeah. Exactly. Maddie Margaret. 
I love Snow and Gather. I love their their friendship. I think they're just super cute. I agree. I love. Well, the thing about this too. Okay, we'll get to this in a. Okay, so we'll get to this in a second because it's 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 something. So, um, Red agrees to help Snow out, and she yeah. So she you know they're going to be helping each other out, and they go to the well for water. And, you know, while Ruby notices that the well is full, you know, the water is red, Snow White, or, yeah, Snow White has this totally horrified look on her face. And when Red, you know, she's trying to talk to Snow and she's like, you know, Mary, look at this. And she's like, Mary? And then she goes and she looks and the camera pulls back and you see this totally horrible, bloody scene laid out in front of you. Like Like there is very specifically a severed arm just sitting there hanging out. Um, so, you know, it was a little bit more graphic than what I thought it was going to be. That's the thing that I was just going to speak on a second ago, the whole thing with, with, uh, with Snow and Red. There is a fairy tale called Snow White and Rose Red, and they were totally playing on that in this episode. Uh-huh. For those of you who are not familiar with that, there is a fairy tale called Snow White and Rose Red, and it's not the same Snow White from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. It's a different one. So... I love the fact that they can find, you know, Snow White and Rose Red, and, um, you know, they have the three little pigs thrown in there, too. Um, but they also, um, as we come to find out, did a third story, and that was revealed by the end of the episode. We'll talk about that in a second. Her encounter with the wolf killed her family 60 years earlier, and she had brothers, all of them big oak trees, and, you know, they were all torn apart. And she pulls back her sleeve and reveals a scar on her arm, like the markings on her arm, which we, you know, saw in Storybrooke, so that now we know that that's where it came from. Ooh, and she said there's no way anybody can kill the creature, but Red and Snow decide that they're going to go search for the wolf on their own. Like you do, you know. Not a big deal. Too. <laughs> it's whatever. There's a whole group of grown men who are, you know, trying to go out there and kill this wolf. But, you know, by all means, please, you two go out and do it. Like, I'm not saying that they can't. I'm not saying that women aren't capable. Don't call me sexist. I'm totally a feminist. But um, that's that's not really, like, I mean, if they look like Xena or something, like, if they look like someone on the WWF, then maybe. But I'm I'm sorry. I just, I cannot, I don't, I, what were you thinking? I have no, what were you thinking? Girls, what were you thinking? Women, what were you thinking? <laughs> Ladies, what? I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't, hashtag, I can't even. So, I can't even. So, Red, who is a rather good tracker, she is a good tracker, finds the wolf prints, but then they change into human boot, you know, boot prints as they follow them. And Snow and Red are sitting there kind of going like, what kind of creature is this? Like, if, if it's changing from human to wolf, like, what exactly are they after? They have no idea because, ooh, like, at that point, they hadn't been to the land without color, and the wolf man wasn't there, apparently. He was busy running around with Dracula and Frankenstein in the land without color. So, you know, whatever. So, exactly. so the footprints lead up to Red's window, and the only person she remembers seeing there is Peter. Now, this is the other fairy tale that they incorporated because it's Peter and the wolf, which Disney actually did an animated version of, by the way. Yes, they did. So, so that was the third fairy tale that they incorporated here. I love it. I did, and I I love it. So then that night, Red meets with Peter to tell him that he's the wolf and that he's a werewolf. And he tells you know, and he he realizes that she might be right. 
And okay, and we're, Amy, we'll get to that at the end of the episode. Um, there is okay. some breaking news. There's some breaking once upon a time news that is happening right now, everybody. So uh, we'll get to that in the end of the episode, or maybe we should. No, screw it. We're going to talk about it's it right in now. The, it's in um, the uh, the chat room already. So it was just announced, like literally um, ten minutes ago on Entertainment Weekly that True Blood star Kristen Bauer Van Stratton is returning to Once Upon a Time as Maleficent for a major arc during season four. Yes! I hey, could Amy. not be more excited about this. <laughs> did, didn't I say, didn't we talk about the fact that she should come back as Maleficent for the big bad of the second half of season four? I'm pretty sure we oh did. Oh my god. Many times we've been saying forever that they needed to get her back, and I've said multiple times too that with I don't know if you watch True Blood, but I do, and when I said that just ended final season, so she's available, and can somebody get her back? I don't know how many times I've said that. We had that conversation so many times. I am many times. I'm so happy. I'll take my check now, please, ABC. Thank you, since we're sitting here writing the show for you. Um, anyway, yes. <laughs> anyway, I might be kidding. more excited That's about this than I am about the Frozen. So. Um, I actually might be too. Cause I, I mean, I have a tattoo on my arm for crying out loud. Like, I'm pretty into the right. So, you know, I'm just saying. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting! I'm so uh, that makes me happy. It makes me happy. Yep. Group high five, air high five, everybody who called it and everybody who said it. Um, yeah, my Twitter and everything is going crazy right now. Like, I'm getting all kinds of notifications and things, so this is hilarious. Yes. <laughs> okay, so anyways, let's get back to the episode review and finish that up really quick, and then we can, you know, Maleficent out about this stuff. We can freak out about that. Sweet. So, so Red tells Peter that she has to tie him up because it's a full moon that night, but she's going to stay with him. And back at Granny's, you know, Granny finds Snow White posing as Red with her cloak on, you know, in the bed. And Snow assures Granny that, you know, they're safe because Red has Peter tied up and, you know, that he's the wolf and that, you know, that everything is going to be fine. And Granny has that huge dramatic moment where she said she's got him tied up. Oh, that poor boy. Mm. And then it flashes to where Red and Peter are. And it's revealed that Red is the wolf. Can I just That's say, dumb. can I just say, I was expecting Granny to be the wolf. Me too. Me too. I thought it was Granny. I did not think, I never, I never thought it was Peter. I thought for sure it was Granny. Yeah, me too. And I was really not expecting it to be Red. So uh, that was like one of the biggest shocks of the season for me. I don't know about anybody else. I don't know who else thought coming. That's fine. It's whatever. But yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't, couldn't believe it. So then the they're on the boyfriend, like you do. Um, that is seriously one of the saddest things ever. Okay, so, you know, Granny is all <laughs> upset because of the fact that, you know, Red has Peter tied up, and she explains that Red is the wolf, and the curse has been passed down among the family, and that she used to be a wolf, but she lost most of her power, but she still has her power of scent. And they find the tree where Red had tied up Peter, but it's too late. She already ate him. That poor girl. Like with a Chianti and a side of fava beans. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um oh, yeah. <laughs> so 
um, so Granny hits Red with the silver-tipped arrow, and then Snow puts the cloak over her, and it transforms her back into Red. And she stands up, and she's all confused. And then, you know, she asks where Peter is, and they show her, and Snow says, you know, he wasn't the wolf. And then in probably one of the most powerful scenes, not on this show, but on any show ever that I've seen, Megan Ori blows it away, blows it out of the water with her reaction to the fact that she is the wolf. Like when she's sitting there crying and she doesn't want to leave and she's all hysterical, I'm sorry, nothing compares to that. Nothing compares to that. Like, that that was one of the best scenes ever. Ashley, I cannot believe you just put that in the room. Okay, so... I... I can't say that on the podcast. Okay, so um, there is some ch- there is some chatter going on in the chat room, which is absolutely hilarious. But I can't really I I I, I can't. I'm I'm dying. I'm seriously dying. I can't. Even, I don't know how I'm holding it together. Okay, so um, so anyways, the hunting party comes in on Granny as the as the you know snow and red make off their way, and that was the end of the flashback storyline. Okay, so Maleficent is coming back to Once Upon a Time. Oh my God. Oh, I'm my so, goodness. Just, so excited. So, so, I knew it. I knew this was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. Seriously. Like, <laughs> now I'm thinking ago. maybe I shouldn't have bothered Adam so many times. I know I've probably tweeted that poor man <laughs> like 20 times saying, you know, True Blood's coming to an end, and uh, we would really like to have Maleficent back on one. So if it was already in the works, Maybe I shouldn't have uh, bothered him so much. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. Big coach. Kiss, kiss. It's Love okay. Love. We all have our passions. It's all right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there's um, – I'm. oh, my gosh, I am so stoked. I can't even. I can't even. Um, she, and, I yeah, and, some and, mer- merchandise this year, some good merchandise. Everything that I love, merchandise-wise, about once is all fan-made, and it's super honey, good, and I can't believe. No. Honey, <sighs> I'm sorry. We are, we are not going to get a good merchandise. It's not going to happen. Yeah, it's going to be it's fan-made not. stuff, which is fine. So you guys, make, make me some Maleficent stuff, <laughs> and I will uh, buy it's, it. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Like, they, <sighs> they have seriously, like, they have seriously misvoted regardless. But you're right. So I have seen some amazing fan art come through and, like, prop replicas and things like that. And they're all available for, you know, from eBay on Taiwan, you know, from Taiwan on eBay, basically. And the most interesting thing to do is, you know, they turn it over to Kathy at the, with the logo on some shirts and a couple of mugs, and they call it a I'm sorry, like, clearly. And what's this so confusing about that? so good about merchandise that they're totally screwing this one up. I don't get that. Mm. Me either, but oh my god, all the Regina Maleficent merchandise that could be made, like phone covers and t-shirts and bags. Oh, y'all, seriously, somebody, my artistic friends, make some stuff. You know, I already have phone cases and t-shirts where I see awesome fan art and I'll send a message and say, hey, do you mind if I use this? And then send it to Vista Print. And they'll put it on a phone case or T-shirts. My T-shirts for SpookyCon were all fan art that I had asked if I could use it. So, yes. Oh, God, yes. All of the Maleficent, all of the Regita, some Maleficent Regita together. I will, yes, I need all of it. All of it. 
Oh, my God. So good. I'm, like, dying. I wonder if Emma screwing up the history has anything to do with how Maleficent's able to come back. Maybe because of something she did, Maleficent wasn't trapped and, like, she ended up not dying. Because remember, we did have her briefly in, like, zombie Maleficent form. Which was a travesty to that character, I'm sorry. Yeah, I wish I had, I had hoped they were going to not get rid of her. Yeah, so here's what I think. Okay. Not only are we going to get more Maleficent, probably in the storybook arc, but, oh, you know what that means? Oh, she's going to be so pissed at Emma for yeah. throwing the yeah. knife throw. Oh, she's going to be so upset for getting stabbed as a dragon. Oh, homegirl is going to be mad. Ooh. There's going to be some, some, some. And the Regina, because we'll get to locked up. Yeah. It's going to be, oh, so, no, so you know what that means. Oh, I can already see what's going to happen. I already know what's going to happen. I can call it for this season, everybody. You ready? Okay, I'm calling it. <laughs> oh, here's what's going to happen. The whole Frozen thing is going to pit Emma and, like, Mary, like, Marion being alive, too. It's going to pit Emma and Regina against each other. And then Maleficent mm-hmm. is going to come back, and the two of them are going to have to work together to defeat her. Period. Mm-hmm. I'm calling it now. I'm calling it now. I'm calling it now. Just saying. I'll take my check when it happens. Thank you very much. So, um, so not only are we going to see that, yeah, we're probably going to get to see more, hopefully get to see more backstory of Regina and Maleficent's friendship that was discussed in episode two of season one. Yeah. And, I, I and, just said that last week where they were talking, Regina mentioned that Maleficent was her only friend. I just quoted that last week. <gasps> I'm so happy I could just like, eat my own shoe. I just can't even tell you. <laughs> as long as it's not a glass slipper, because, honey, that could be dangerous. Okay. I still need my pair of glass slippers. <laughs> still working yeah. on them. Not only that, but you know what else it means? Do you know what else it means? Guess what else it means? Oh, history with Aurora's mother. Aurora, Aurora, Aurora Philip Maleficent backstory, and including, hopefully, Aurora's mom backstory. We're going to get some backstory. Yeah. Dude, what if the Snow Queen is Aurora's mom? Oh, ooh. That could be mega. Oh, dude. Why have they not hired me to write Yeah, for crying out loud? Okay. Um, Adam and Eddie. (laughs) Just saying. Um, Oh, gosh, that's very exciting. Yeah, and for real, as everybody is saying in the chat room, Black Fairy, anyone? Black Fairy. Mm. Can I get Maybe a black she'll fairy? go no. from having that purple outfit to a more black outfit. Can we uh, please get her with some, like... Where's okay. Eduardo? I need okay. to see the costume sketches right now. Okay, here's, here's what I'm going to say about this. If we get some Maleficent backstory, then the three good fairies better show up on the show. Hmm. I better hear some casting news, that they're cast for three older ladies. I better hear it. Or maybe they're the spinsters that raised uh, Ruffle. Yeah, yeah, but there were only two of them, though. Yeah, maybe the other one was on vacation or stuck in the chimney. <laughs> Who and knows? she had to get her out Mary Poppins style. Okay. Yeah. Um, my gosh. All right. I, I can't <sighs> even. I know. Seriously, I'm, I'm dying. I'm dying. I knew this was going to happen, though. We said it was going to happen. Yes. 
I feel like I should send Adam a thank you card <laughs> and Eddie or whoever that made the executive decision. I feel like I should be mailing a thank you card to them for this because this is like the best. I'm so excited. Uh, well, that pretty much clinches uh, it for the second season. Yeah, we we know it's all right, everybody, we have about a minute and a half left of the podcast tonight, so I'm glad that we got that news while we were sitting here live that we got to break it to all of you live, if anybody who was listening was not aware of what was going on in the chat room, because that's pretty freaking exciting. So next week, just to, um, just to make sure that we all know what we're watching next week, uh, <laughs> why is it not loading? Right when I actually talk about it, it decides that it's not going to load. Amy, what are we watching this week? Uh, I know it's Once Upon a Time. <laughs> I'm very helpful like that. Oh, yeah. I'm just totally winning right now at my job. I'm sorry, everybody. Um, Let me say, red-handed with this week. No, we have to watch some season two stuff. We have to watch some season two stuff. We just have to. Um, okay. Well, were we ready well, to get into season two no, next week? Okay, I know, what, I know what to do. I know what to do. We'll, we'll watch The Crocodile next week from season two. Okay. Sounds I don't think we watched lovely. that one. We'll watch that one. Or we could watch Child of the Moon. No, I don't want to watch Child of the Moon. Let's watch that one. We're going to watch The Crocodile. <laughs> so if you're listening, next week we're watching The Crocodile season two. We have ten seconds left. Thank you all very much for listening. Thank you for joining us in the podcast, uh, from the chat room. Ashley, you are succeeding in making me laugh every single week. All right, everybody, that's it for us. Good night. Good night.